KYW Original Podcasts. New Year's in Philadelphia means fireworks over the Delaware River and maybe one of the weirdest parades in the country. That's right. It's New Year's Day, and that means it's time for the yearly tradition that is the Mummers Parade. Andrew, what's going on? What's it looking like out there? Chaos in a good way. That's that's the Mummers. People dressed up, glitz, glamour. Andrew, I saw a guy wearing a squid costume with a bunch of money taped to it, and he was holding a sign that says, Squid Pro Dough. Can you top that? I just want to make sure I hear it correctly. Lobster Mobster is the theme. Lobster Mobsters are our theme. The Mummers are strutting up and down Broad Street. We knew there would be at least one Mummers group doing this, but the gritty Mummers group just uh, was here at 15th and Market in front of the judges. They're going to be starting their route down uh, Broad Street now. Then this happened. The largest club in the parade division known as Wenches was disqualified when at least two marchers violated a long-standing ban on wearing blackface in the parade. The club, Froggy Car, dressed with a Flyers theme. Their costumes were orange and black, and most painted their faces a combination of orange, black, and white, except for the marchers who wore a full face of black paint. Member Chuck Smith says more than 1,000 people marched with the club on New Year's Day, many non-members. It's just hard to control everybody wearing the same color makeup and all that. But Mayor Jim Kenney is accepting no excuses. He tweeted that it was abhorrent and unacceptable and that not only was Froggy Car disqualified, the city would be exploring additional penalties as well. I spoke with Mayor Kenny. He was really upset about the situation, and he's 100% right. Age-old public menstrual display. There's not nearly that level of accountability. These two idiots were wrong, period. End of story on that. This is KYW In-Depth. I'm Carol McKenzie. Since I came to Philadelphia in the mid-70s, I've been to every parade. I love the parade, and then I gradually worked that into my newspaper life as well. It's an unusual beat. And, uh, I, <laughs> That's I, I the am, understatement. I'm probably, <laughs> I, I like to consider myself number one on a list of one. <laughs> the claim to fame. Yes. <laughs> I need to introduce you. This is Ron Goldwyn. Um, Ron, you've covered the mummers and the parade for the Daily News for more than two decades. You said you've been a commentator. You've marched. You've won your strutting contest, so you have earned the title of Mummer's Expert, and we thank you for joining us Well, today. at least I've earned the invitation to be here. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, we were talking about how unique the parade is, and I was mentioning to you that I grew up watching it on TV. New Year's Day, we would always turn it on, but all of my friends who have come here as transplants, when they see the Mummer's, there's like, what is it? It's a way to celebrate the new year. It traces roots back centuries to uh, some Northern European uh, end of the year, New Year's Day traditions of cross-dressing, men dressing as women, poor people dressing as rich people. I don't think the other way around too mm-hmm. much. And those traditions came to Philadelphia with the first immigrants. Philadelphia being a port city, had a lot of immigrants, and in this case, it was the Swedes and the, and the Germans who were, brought these traditions with them. Somehow or another, they didn't catch on anywhere else. Maybe, <laughs> maybe the police were more diligent in Boston or New York or Baltimore because mummery was kind of annoying to the city fathers wherever it cropped up. How did they get the name the Mummers? 
It's from a word meaning mime or masquerade. Uh, it's not really related to, to what goes on in Mardi Gras, which is a very Catholic-oriented uh, activity, whereas this is pretty pagan. Uh, <laughs> it, it does have a very long tradition. Um, when you look back to the roots of it, they are rooted in slavery and racism, are they not? There, there is some of that. There is uh, uh, a tradition of performer, some of the performers uh, dressing, putting on blackface, putting on black and cork on their faces. If you go back to the 19th century and early 20th, there was a great deal of, of blackface in the parade, and there was a, a, an established uh, set of characters called dudes and wenches, which was clearly a, a, a plantation-impacted, mm-hmm. pretty ugly thing. And the re- well, the reason I bring that up is because of the recent controversy involving blackface and the calls to end the parade because they feel that the organization or the parade itself is inherently racist and does not put the city in a good light. And I'm wondering from your perspective, um, and, you know, we do, everybody acknowledges that it is, that's where it started, but where has it gone? What has it become? Is it still an inherently racist event or... Are these a couple of bad apples who are kind of ruining it for everybody else? If we go to the math in this past parade, there were no, not officially counted, but let's say between eight and 10,000 participants. And we are talking about two identified uh, guys who I think even downtown, they would call them knuckleheads. The black face has been banned from the parade since civil rights demonstrations in the late, uh, in late 1963. So for the 64 parade, it was officially banned and has been ever since. The, the Wench Brigades, which are pretty uh, loose, is where this sometimes crops up. We've got to remember that there are lots of different divisions and great separations within the Mummers. I like to say that there's no the in the Mummers. There are lots of mummers, but there's no single organization. There's no czar. Uh, and there are actually five quite distinct divisions in the parade that each of which could stand at its, as its own parade. It's almost a back-to-back of, uh, of five different things. We don't, we're not hearing about the string bands or the fancy brigades being any part of the problem. And they are the ones who are the most famous, the ones that tour the country or sometimes go overseas and, and perform, uh, put enormous uh, money and time into their presentations. The city does vet. I mean, a lot of this is satire. We've had, you know, politically themed yeah. units marching. So the city does vet. So, But the city doesn't vet everybody. It just vets some. The city puts most of its vetting efforts into the, uh, the string bands and then the fancy brigades, they do check themes. Most of the string bands don't do any kind of political satire. They do uh, kind of tried and true. Uh, the, first, the first prize string band, which was South Philadelphia, spectacular, they did a circus theme. These are not satire. The string bands can't turn on a dime because they've set their theme and their music months and months mm-hmm. before. The comics can sometimes make it up the day before. Mm-hmm. 
if if it looks like there's some issue with uh, with 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 the costume or the makeup, the city will actually have the string band bring a, a makeup artist and a and a and a performer into the recreation department somewhere in early December and say, "Show me this makeup you've got for this theme." Uh, the city polices the wenches considerably to keep them where they ought to be and keep them away from where they shouldn't be. Uh, the city's not in the position, or at least hasn't figured out how to vet each of the two or three thousand, you know, uh, men and women and kids in dresses. Uh, that's should be the responsibility of the officers of each club, and I think they mostly take that responsibility. What the reason we're having this conversation mm-hmm. is they don't do a hundred percent. Why the wenches? What's unique to the wenches where they have this problem? They're the most informal. Uh, a string band, the members drill each all year long. They know each other. Uh, there is absolutely, uh, during the parade, no drinking in the, in, in the string bands and the fancy brigades because they're doing precision drills and, and, and musical performance. The wenches are men, and often they're sons and, some, and, uh, and sometimes their daughters and occasionally their girlfriends who who put on a, a dress, pay, a, pay what's usually a few hundred dollars to get this dress and a, f- a few other uh, accompaniment, uh, accompanying items. But they don't rehearse. They don't, they don't do much except show up on New Year's Day. They come down one day, two weeks before that, to get their, 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 their suit. So, so that there's not nearly that level of, of accountability, of barely knowing who, who people are. The wenches are, are, for good and, and bad, the most traditional of the mummers in the sense they go back to the 19th century when things were, were you know, very informal and very much neighborhood-based. And we are seeing changes in the parade, a change in the makeup of the parade and mm-hmm. the people who are, the units who are joining this, aren't we? We're seeing some. Yeah. I, I wouldn't say it's anywhere nearly enough okay. uh, for, the, for the metropolitan area of Philadelphia. There are people who, who may want to get in the parade and don't realize how they could. About half the string bands have a waiting list and a deep bench, as they say in sports. The other half are tr- always trying to recruit musicians, so there are openings. If, if you can play a saxophone, you can find a club that will be glad to have you, and then all you have to do is show up two or three times a week for most of the year and uh, <laughs> give up uh, the rest of your private life. <laughs> a small price to pay to... <laughs> March in the cold on New Year's Day. <laughs> yeah. I, I was telling you earlier that it, 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 it looked like fun enough to my family and friends that we cooked up a little way to get into the parade ourselves tw- uh, back in the 80s and 90s. We uh, dressed up as kazoos. <laughs> Didn't offend anybody, uh, although we tried. Uh, kazoo, uh, kazoo Olympics, kazoo, uh, King Kazoo for president, uh, Kazoos Go Hawaiian. <laughs> with my then uh, three-year-old son inhabiting a, a foam outfit pineapple. It's like he was ahead of the um, SpongeBob SquarePants pineapple. <laughs> oh, we would, yeah. we would challenge movement. SpongeBob to, <laughs> yeah. a, uh, to, a, to a foam contest, and we'd beat him. <laughs> I'm sure you would. I have no doubt. Um, Ron, or should I say King Kazoo, we really appreciate you being here with us and joining us for our podcast. And we appreciate you sharing your expertise with us, all things mummer. Well, I've got the 364-day off season to fill. <laughs>
Thanks again. Hey, it's Charlotte Reese, uh, producer on In Depth. So after the two guys got photographed wearing blackface on New Year's Day, a reporter for CBS3 caught up with them to ask about it. Here's Matt Petrillo. That's right, and those two mummers claim that blackface is not racist. Oh, blackface and all, it ain't about that. This man denies that his blackface is racist, as does Kevin Kinkle. Black and orange, getting gritty with it. So why the blackface? Because I like why it. Why not? Yeah, why not? Why not? Yeah. I know it's a shame to be white in Philly right now. Yeah, yeah. What's it's a shame. Yeah. Don't, don't worry about it. That's all. Stay in your neighborhood. Don't worry about it. That's what I know. It has nothing to do to, uh, about uh, being racist to the, the, the black person or the white person or the yellow pers- person, whatever. It, it's, it's our tradition. Obviously, this story got a lot of attention. And the next day, reactions came in quickly. There was a protest at City Hall to demand that the city stop using taxpayer dollars to pay for the parade. Each year here in the city of Philadelphia, thousands of primarily white spectators descend upon our city to watch an age-old public minstrel display of white supremacist acts of disrespect, denigration, and hate. The blatant racism that is on display every single year, it's, it's a shame, uh, it's an atrocity, and it has to stop. Jamie Gaultier is a newly elected Philadelphia councilwoman. She told NBC10 that maybe it's time to find a new way to celebrate the new year. I'm born and raised here, um, and this event has felt exclusionary to black people for as long as I've been a Philadelphian. I think we need a new event and a new tradition um, that's based on everyone's culture and everyone's, uh, and that celebrates everyone who lives here. And that's exclusionary to no one. City Council President Daryl Clark released a statement, but he's been talking about the Mummers Parade for a while. In his latest statement, he said, quote, the display of blackface today during the Mummers Parade by several people associated with Froggy Car must be condemned in the strongest possible way. There is utterly no place for this kind of reprehensible behavior in Philadelphia or anywhere in America. The group was disqualified from the parade today for its actions, a good first step. I believe further penalties are warranted. The day after the parade, there was a press conference with some of the Mummers' leadership and representatives to talk about what happened to the two guys who strutted with Froggy Car. We believe the one gentleman who was not a member applied the makeup after City Hall, and the gentleman that was is a member was a member applied it on Second Street after the parade. After, after the, 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 after the yes, after the fact that he was on Second Street, yes. Both of these guys have been told they're never marching again. Yes, them. yes. Now we have names. We have, we have a list that we can give to each club that could ban this guy from ever marching in any West Division, in any club in West Division. George Beatty was one of the people at the press conference. We're, we're going we're to approach the other divisions to make sure that these people don't ever march in the Mormons Parade again. It's totally unacceptable. It's not going to be tolerated. It's not tolerated in the Mummers. George is a longtime member of a string band. And he's a lawyer who has represented the Mummers in the past. So we asked him to come on the podcast to talk about how they're going to move forward. He said yes. Can you hear me, Tom? Hey, George, I can hear you. Great. Okay. George actually called us while he was on vacation. So thank you for that, George. And that's why it doesn't sound like he's in the studio with us. All right, George, I'm turning this over to Carol, handing her the headphones. Hey, George, it's Carol. Hi, can you Carol. hear me? How are you? Oh, pretty well. 
better than if I was freezing in Philly. No. I guess Tom told you I'm in, on vacation. No kidding. Well, it's very kind of you to join us, considering. <laughs> well, first of all, George, thank you for joining us. I want to give you a little background. Uh, you're a Philly guy, an attorney, a mummer yourself, and uh, you've been marching since you're, what, 13 years old? That's right, since 1971, when I was 13 years old. And what do you do? Who do you march with? Oh, I play tenor saxophone for the Frailinger String Band. Okay. You were also chair of Save the Mummers, is that right? That's right. Back about 10 years ago, a little more than 10 years ago, uh, you know, Mayor Nutter's budget cuts uh, were going to eliminate the parade. And we stopped that. We raised money. We raised awareness. And the Mummers Parade is still thriving. And we have to make it grow and make it better. And how do you do that? How do you make it better? Let's start with that, since we're talking about the, con- the latest controversy about the Mummers. So how do you make it better? Well, the latest controversy is very unfortunate. I mean, what you have here, you have, you know, almost 10,000 people participating in this fantastic tradition in Philadelphia. And we had two knuckleheads who blatantly broke the rules. There are no mummers that disagree that that was an outrageous affront and wrong. And in every possible way, it was people blatantly breaking the rules. So I think to punish the entire 10,000 people because of two knuckleheads would be extremely unfair. But also, you know, more importantly, I think this is a teaching moment for people. This can help bring people together. This can help focus things. At a time like this, we need more dialogue, not less. I mean, uh, I want to look ahead here. And for the mummers, you know, the leadership of the mummers agree that in order to survive and thrive through the 21st century and beyond, the mummers parade will evolve. It has to embrace more diversity. Uh, The full spectrum of all Philadelphians are welcomed. They're encouraged to participate. And gradually we're getting more diversity in the parade. And, you know, we just have had difficulties like this, this incident. People seem to focus on on the, the bad things. And that's unfortunate. Well, how are you getting more diversity? Do you have concrete steps that you're taking? Well, that's something we want to talk again with the Human Relations Commission. We had sensitivity training a few years ago after another skit was the subject of a lot of controversy back uh, regarding Caitlyn Jenner a few years ago. And uh, the uh, sensitivity training was helpful. Little by little, we're getting more people involved. People of color need to be more involved. Last year, we had a controversy surrounding the political cartoon that Sidney Wilkinson had in the Enquirer regarding Jay-Z and Mayor Kenny, where you know, her political cartoon in the summer of 2018 depicted Jay-Z walking Mayor Kenny on a dog leash. They were saying that Mayor Kenny gave in and allowed the Jay-Z to have his concert at the art museum and uh, basically that he was Jay-Z's lapdog. So a comic club made a satire on that one and they had a, an African-American member of that brigade portrayed Jay-Z and a, a white fellow, he portrayed Mayor Kenny on the dog leash. And there was a big, you know, outcry that, oh, blackface was used. But it wasn't blackface. The, the member of the brigade, he had been a member of the brigade even before that parade, was an African-American guy. He wrote an op-ed. It was in the Inquirer. So, you know, we have diversity. We need more diversity. It's a process. It's not, you're not going to snap your fingers and have it happen overnight. Some are of the opinion that the problem is the wench brigades, that that's where these, because these people come in, they buy their costumes. It's not as well organized or rehearsed as the other, you know, the comic division, the string bands and fancies and and the um, other divisions. 
Do you think that just doing away with the wench brigades is would, would solve the problem? Well, I mean, to suggest, uh, quote, doing away with them, unquote, uh, seems to me, first of all, I don't know how we accomplish that. There's, you know, a lot of people are involved. There's nine wench brigades and they've been doing that. You know, most of those folks have been doing that their whole lives almost. And I think there needs to be better control of the people who are uh, participating. I think that the leadership of the wench brigades are in agreement with that issue, that we need to have better control over the behavior. And we can't have this kind of thing anymore. You know, we've already reached out to the city. Uh, the, the city parade director is Leo Dignam, and he does a great job. It's a, it's a tough job, but we've talked with him already since the parade about steps that we might be able to take. I spoke with Mayor Kenny. He was really upset about the situation, and he's 100% right. So, I, you know, I just wanted to be clear that the Mummers are in agreement with Mayor Kenny. There's no controversy here. We agree that these two idiots were wrong, period. End of story on that. But what we need to do... Uh, proactively going forward is to make sure that these things don't happen again. And one of the, I believe it was uh, one of the leaders from Froggy Car who spoke about this said how hard it is to monitor that, that you have a lot of people, they're coming in just a couple of weeks before the parade, they're wearing their costumes, but it's virtually impossible, according to, if I remember correctly, to make sure that everybody is doing what they're supposed to be or, more importantly, not doing what they're not supposed to be doing or doing what they're not supposed that, to be doing. That's true. And I think there's been discussions about what steps can be taken. Maybe we eliminate makeup. Maybe we do other take other steps that will make it easier to monitor th- these things. And, uh, you know, people within those brigades need to take more responsibility themselves. When they turn around and they see somebody doing something that's not right, wh- whatever that may be, they need to speak up. You know, they need to be policed better. And I think the, the wench brigades welcome that. And we want to work with the city. And I think it would be a good idea to work with the Human Relations Commission as well. George, it seems every year, you know, there is a controversy and it overshadows the parade itself. What would you like people to know? What don't people know about the mummers? Um, a lot of times when you say to somebody, our reporter actually went out and said, "Who? what's a mummer? And people couldn't answer the question. So can you tell us what a mummer is and what you guys are really all about? Well, we're all about family. We're about tradition. We're about camaraderie. We're about fun. A mummer is part of the very fabric of Philadelphia and has been for over 300 years. And there are fantastic stories every year of family, of friends, of the camaraderie that exists out there on the street every year. Uh, Mummers do all kinds of charity work year-round with blood drives and things like that, food drives. There's so much good that comes from Mummers Clubs that does not go reported. For example, we had a tragedy and in, in, uh, on January 2nd, 2019, where three people were killed in a car accident. Uh, it was actually New Year's night in the wee hours of January 2nd. And two of the uh, people that were killed were members of the South Philadelphia String Band. And this year, they dedicated their performance to them. They did a spectacular performance. They won first prize. And the first prize captain was the father of one of the members that was, was killed in the accident. It was just an amazing story. There were a lot of tears at the judging stand uh, on New Year's Day. Uh, Also, Bob Shannon was the captain of Quaker City String Band for 37 years, and he passed away in 2019. They dedicated their performance to him, and his 
younger brother died on New Year's morning, 2020. And again, that, that was another story that should have been reported. Uh, heartwarming stuff, just uh, amazing things that the mummers have done. And it was overshadowed by this, this unfortunate, ignorant episode. So, you know, mummers can bring a lot of good to the city and they have, and they will. And, uh, you know, we, we hope that we can work with the city and the Human Relations Commission to make this parade bigger and better and more diverse going forward. Hey, George, thank you so much for being with us. And thanks for taking time out of your vacation to join us here. We really appreciate it. No, no problem. It's my pleasure. Uh, Carol, And I love hearing you on the, on the radio in the morning. You have that good morning and you, you wake everybody up really nicely. <laughs> okay. Take care. Right. Bye-bye. KYW In-Depth is produced by Charlotte Reese. Our production coordinator is Ali Amato. Tom Rickard is the executive producer of KYW Original Podcasts. I'm Carol McKenzie. Help us get the word out about In-Depth by leaving a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Thanks for listening. We'll talk again next week. <laughs>